Okay, this is uh, the next podcast that we have. And since MineRP has, since our last podcast, gotten into some fairly large clients, a topic of interest that all clients are asking us about is uh, around adoption management and change management. Today, I've got Marlies van Seil with us. Um, Marlies has been um, in the company way before myself. And Marlies, I've um, learned to enjoy your views on organizational change management, uh, getting an organization to dance. Tell us about yourself. Okay, so I got my mining PhD at MineRP <laughs> to understand <laughs> the minds of people in the mine. So yeah, my background is organizational change management, industrial psychology, so really understanding people within the business context. Excellent. So... Uh, you are authorized to have a view on this topic, and you also, uh, over the many years, have assisted Minopi on um, on uh, on such programs. But also, you worked with one of the big six on BHP during the SAP one implementation. Yes, the one SAP implementation. I think at that stage, it was the the biggest SAP implementation in the world at that stage. So it was actually quite a privilege to be part of that and see how done across multiple commodities, multiple countries. Um, and, well, multiple people and personalities, I suppose. I often walk into people that, that has been on that project. Uh, the industry has got a lot to say about that project, but, uh, but I think it was groundbreaking work from the fact that it was so large, etc. But Marlies, we've also seen a, a big change of the topic called organizational change management over the last 15 years. In the past, I recall that there were very, very large programs, well-staffed, that went on for years to change things at mines. I think the mines maybe didn't like that after many years of reconsidering actually what they got out of it. So there was a there was a big change in how how clients view um, organizational change management. I think yes, you're right. So probably in terms of the size of the projects and how it's um, integrated within the bigger projects. But I think the biggest change for me is how it moved from let me say the negative to the positive. So in the past, it was focused a lot on um, changing or breaking down resistance. I think the focus now is more on what is the value of the change and how to focus on that. So it's from, from the negative or trying to minimize the negative to trying to maximize or emphasize the positive. So I think, and that comes from the digital transformation, that the focus of what is the value of that um, versus trying to figure out how can I break down resistance of change, which I like because if you think there's going to be resistance of change, there will be. Um, and if you think the only reason why people say something negative about change is because they resist it, you don't listen to them. So in fact, listening to people, thinking how what is the value and how can I maximize the value and listening to people and what they say, not just um, making it off as, oh, these people are just resistant to change. So we both have been on projects where uh, organizational change management has been a, a feature of a program and a, a large feature thereof. I think what we're experiencing now the last several years, probably more than five years, is that firstly, mine says I can't afford that as a separate stream anymore. Secondly, we don't have time for that. It's got to be short sprints of change. So all that has brought a, a new way that, that, that we have to do things, us and those clients of ours that, that owns the, the, the change and the implementation of a platform to improve um, business performance of a mine. Yeah, and because the focus is on the value, you try to get the value as soon as possible, and therefore the, the organizational change management must also fall into that. So delivering value in short sprints in an agile fashion. But now, um, since MinoP's platform was released, the MinoP 4.0 platform, 
with the vision and something that, as per previous podcast, we've worked for many years on, where um, we've realized that a large part of the business process of the integrated mining value chain is dependent on the spatial information to feed all sorts of aspects of it. We've now slap banked, been brought back to what's the implication of implementing a platform on many processes, many organizations, and many jobs in the way that they're crafting. So we now slap bank back into organizational change that we thought is not necessary anymore. <laughs> and more and more we're seeing that clients are struggling with this. I think we've realized that we're not just adding functionality and trying to manage that change. This is huge change that stretches across the whole of the organization and therefore, and I mean, just the fact that you do digital transformation, why do you do it? You're in reaction to something in your environment that's changing your whole of your organization. The, the fact that we have to look at that whole enterprise-wide change makes the focus on the organizational change management so much more important at this stage. Okay, so, so now that must become a feature of our project approach and those that we do with our partners like GE and Deloitte and, and others. Yeah. So, but in the meantime, we've seen uh, a resurrection of organizational change management, but under a new banner. More and more internationally, as we walk around, we hear the word adoption management. Mm. What, what is the difference between the two aspects, adoption management and organizational change management? Okay, so this is my view. Adoption management is the end. Organizational change management is the means to that end. There's also other means to that end. A well-architected solution, yes. well-integrated processes, and I, I mean, we can name quite a bit more. But adoption management or the people that must use the system is actually using the system is the end that you want to achieve. And you can achieve that through various means, amongst other things, organizational change management. Okay, okay. But I think it's also maybe to take some of the bad experience mm -hmm. of the past on organizational change management in a way and almost to describe to those clients that have experienced that as a mechanism to say, this is new, this is different, it's fast, it's fast-paced, it's yeah. for business, it's for change, but it's not what you've experienced previously. Yes, because you don't do change management for the sake of doing change management. Yes. You do change management for the sake of the end, yes. which is adoption management, because we know if people adopt the software, then that will, in the end, get the value of the software and not just doing change management because we thought we had to. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so some of our clients are seeing what other clients are doing or they're hearing what other clients are doing and then some of them are saying, unbelievable, how could that client have achieved so much with a platform? And then some clients would comment about themselves to say, but what's wrong with us? What, what are we doing wrong? This is more and more theme that we are seeing. Maybe let's start under the banner of this. How does good adoption management look like and how does bad adoption management look like? Okay, so in the spirit of focusing on the positive, um, <laughs> let's, let's think about how good adoption management or what that looks like. And I think the first thing that is almost overarching, and it sounds like a very big cliche, but it is a cliche because it is so true, but visionary leadership or very, very strong leadership. So in the cases where we see success is where there's a strong vision, first of all, and it's driven by visionary leaders. So people buy into that leader's vision of what digital transformation should look like and therefore why should we adopt and what is the value that we're going to get from that. And that is something that I think is, is overarching. And that also informs all the other things that I can say that um, that is important for good adoption management. 
Another thing that links into that is, for example, measuring adoption and making sure that you know what adoption is. So be realistic about it. Don't think that the minute everything goes live, everyone will adopt it miraculously. Um, understand that it is a journey that you are taking. And there again, the leadership is going to play an important role because it's they that will drive the adoption. And on that point, where it works well is where change management and adoption management is driven from the inside of the organization. It could be facilitated by various other parties, amongst others ourselves, but it should always be driven by the organization themselves. For example, it's like when you learn a second language and the teacher won't answer the question if you don't ask the question in that second language. If you want um, action on a report, the report must be in the system that you, that you get it in. And there, the leaders must understand that that is the key to adoption and they must know that this is how they're going to drive adoption, as an example. Um, another thing is that not to think that adoption management will happen by itself. It is a... You think it's a, and change management in general, you think it's a soft thing and a soft skill and therefore it will just softly happen by itself. It happens with a very, very clear and, and strong strategy behind it. So when you start off, have a very clear adoption management strategy and how you're going to do that and then facilitate it strongly with your leaders and not think that it will just miraculously happen by mm. itself. Involve people. Um, in my opinion, we always say yeah. involve more people with big conversations yeah. and exa it's exactly the same. Involve people and obviously you can't involve everyone at all stages but the most people that you can involve at certain stages try to involve them. With the decisions not only with the, ex the execution of the yes. decisions that so were I mean, made. It's, it's driven by leadership but who in the end executes and who adopts. It's the users. Yeah. So I, I recently heard this. I, I love this African proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. Yes. So if you want to go far with your digital transformation, go together and make yes. sure that you keep people involved. And there's various techniques that you can that you can do to, to do that. Yeah. So get champions in your organization, empower them, but it's a clear drive from within the organization mm. with strong visionary leadership. Mm. Mm. So ownership uh, of what that vision is, how practical is, Marlies, but we've also seen some of our clients that uh, that at the very top, one or two guys will have the vision. They will more or less know, but, they, but they've not operationalized yes. that vision. So the vision is there. So some of our clients can say, no, I think we had it. Why, you know, why doesn't ours look like the other clients' outcomes? Uh, so the, the, there's also a part of implementing into operations the, the vision. Yeah, and that's why I say have a clear strategy. So decide what you want with adoption management and have a strategy of how to execute that. So there's, there's two parts of it. It's also no use you have just an operational change management strategy and you're at a certain level and you don't do strategic change management, but it's the reverse is also true. It's no use you only have the strategy and the vision, but you don't operationalize it and take it down to the lowest level. Mm. You have to look at change management on all the levels of the organization and make the, the vision live. And there I think the roadmap or the um, expectations of the roadmap becomes very important because everything doesn't happen in at once. Mm -hmm. So decide what your digital transformation roadmap looks like and how does that fit into different pieces of software and the adoption thereof. Mm -hmm. Marlies, just commenting on the points that you had over here, we often hear miners talk about themselves as we are very tough. But I must actually say that uh, coming back to this industry seven years ago, I've actually seen the opposite, that it's very tough on the outside, but very soft <laughs> on the inside. Um, I've, for instance, heard comments when we talk to clients about adoption management, 
that uh, they say, no, man, this is not necessary. We'll just have a barbecue and then we'll tell people what they must do, but they must do it and they will do it. Don't worry about all that. And I've actually experienced opposite of that happening. So uh, it's not true to say that because this is a tough industry, it, uh, it, it happens differently every year. Yes, so people remains people. It doesn't matter in, in which industry. And obviously the culture of the organization in itself informs your adoption management strategy. But in the end, it's people that will adopt or not adopt. And there's means and ways in which you, um, in which you work with those people. So yes, it's a soft, a softer side, but it's not necessarily soft. Mm. You have to have hard strategies. Mm. And I think that appeals um, to, to the people in this industry is not to make it, it, it is a soft mm. side of people, but you need a hard strategy mm. to manage it. And, and that's maybe a way around it. But at least the other thing around strategy mm. is what I found is that if you link it back to the value that the rival will value of not what will happen in five years, but uh, almost that how, how will it be for the individuals? How will it be better? What will the value be? Not only at a strategic level, uh, but also described in very practical steps. Your comment, comment on that? Yes, it, sometimes the hard reality of change is that it doesn't make an individual's life easier. But that's hopefully the exception to the rule. And I think that's why also change management is also only a part of adoption management. And they're a well-architected solution that is configurable to the needs of the end user is also very important mm. for adoption. Mm. Because you can have the best adoption management strategies if the software doesn't deliver the value that you want it to deliver, people will not adopt it. Mm. So I think it's a combination of those that, that will get people to adopt the software. I know that you're the positive one, so but some quick comments on you know what is the anatomy of a bad adoption? Okay, I think we've mentioned a few. Is first of all to think that um, it's not necessary to do it because in in a very hierarchical structure that you often find in a mine, you think if you just tell people what yeah. to do, they will yeah. miraculously that's one, do yeah. it. So I think that's one of the things is think you don't need to do it. Yeah. Um, also to not have people involved from the start. So to think that when you get into trouble, yeah. you start to see, oh, people don't adopt this thing. And then yeah. you think you can backdate adoption management. And I think that is something that we typically um, yeah. see. Well, leadership buying, it's, it's, well, it's again the opposite of what yeah, you said. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's delegating digital transformation and adoption yes. to lower levels of the organization where in the in, actually, it should be the highest possible level, which is the CEO that endorses this yes. and manages it and have oversight of what happens within the organization. I think I can add to that, that at the first sight uh, of problems in the project, maybe uh, there's so, uh, and often it's about the data source and then, and then people will jump back to the old systems and not go and fix the real problem, go and find what the problem is organizationally and data flow wise. And at the first sight of, of, uh, of non-commitment shown by that to the different layers of leadership, everybody else just backs off. Yeah. And, and there again is where the strong vision comes in. Yes. So if the vision is there and you know that you have to go through a bit of trouble to get to that yes. vision, if the vision is worthwhile and the value that you get from there, it becomes a motivator for people to persist, even though you see, oh, you see, I never knew my data is this dirty and mm. now I must go and clean it up. You go beyond that because you know what you will achieve if you do those hard-to-do steps. Mm. The value that you will get will in the end mm. be worth it. So the vision becomes, a, again, an, a central part. Under this point of some pointers, we also seeing a, a difference in Clients that start and clients that's been busy for, let's say, a year plus two, two to three years. So, so what do you see in terms of how, how it is different to drive the adoption management in the organization? 
So I think for the clients that have that have been busy for, for, for some time, I think it could either be easier or more difficult because for for the reason that they now start to see what if I talk specifically about our software, what they can actually achieve for you. So now sometimes people need to um, also break people even in terms of what they want so that you don't have too many requirements and you can't manage that. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a requirement management. But also, I think it's managing the roadmap then. In the beginning, if you if you clearly understand where adoption is and how you will manage it, if you're a year down the line, you know who's the people that you need to focus on for adoption. If you've got your core group, then you can always, over time, make the group bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. so that you get the co- company-wide adoption. But at least there's one company that we're dealing with that I'll not say the name of now. We are busy working with them to get them onto the onto Mind Warp as well to talk about what worked for them and what could improve for them. But some good examples there is where they have just kept at improving the data flows and data is the real blood of Industry 4.0 transformation and live data and that's why the word digital twins are so popular. But for them, uh, they have been able to start impacting the operations by having every 10 seconds information about the data flows into our platforms and they have seen improvements. But then the executives have not completely caught it on yet and now they are going back to the executives to say, you can do so much more. So that was a really interesting pattern to me of a client that has been busy for some yeah. years. And I think it's there, we, we saw that it's a very delicate balance between pushing and pulling until you have good data quality. Because yes. you need to get your data quality and data flows to such an extent that if people start to use it, they don't say, okay, but what is this? And why is this a problem? And why is the data so dirty? Yes. But you can also not wait until your data is perfect before you start to pull. Yes. So I think they reached that that midway where they can hand over from pushing to make sure that the data is clean to pulling, yes. oh, this is my report and I only look at this report, so you better make sure that the data in this report is the right data because I'm going to make decisions on this yes. report. Yes. So I think they now at that point where they're pulling the data um, instead of pushing, making sure that the data is correct. Marisa, I want to move over to the last point. Uh, what does MindRP offer in this area? And to start off with, I'm going to talk about our partners. So MindRP is an OEM of software. We sell software. Obviously, we can't only do that because we always have to ensure that we implement successfully. But more and more, we want to do it through partners. And there are partners that are much better qualified than us to be able to, to drive a digital transformation strategy. So comment for me around what does MindRP offer um, in this area and how do we work with our partners and what, what's the value of that? Okay, so we have our own uh, organizational change management methodology, but we basically use it to align it with our, with our customers' methodology and with our clients' methodology so that we can contribute in terms of our experience in the, in the mining industry on Monopoly 4.0 rather than on organizational change management in itself. So our partners, like you say, are um, very skilled in organizational change management. So what we basically bring is the Minor P 4.0 flavor to that change management. And um, I mean, we also, based on the um, relationship that we have with our clients, we also give strategic advice in terms of organizational change management and adoption to our clients directly. But it's more of a, a consulting role um, than an actual implementation role. So yes, it's, it's the application of organizational change management in the MinoP 4.0 context. Marlies, we started by saying that in the past 15 years ago, it was a big audacious effect. But now after this interview, 
client, clients, people listening to this could say, but they've mentioned all the things. It's still big and audacious. How is this? How is the strategic advice making things not big and audacious, but small and in handleable chunks uh, and a method that is followable? So I think by saying it's not big and audacious, um, one shouldn't kid yourself to think that the change is not big and audacious. Mm. It's just not making such a big thing of it and having one big bang um, of the change. So I think people must still realize that change potentially could be very big and because it is enterprise-wide, it probably is. But making sure that there's increments of value, first of all, and not decide what's the increments mm. of the change, but mm. look at the increments of value that you want to achieve and then match your, mm. your change efforts to that. So it's, it's not a change management effort that you only break up into chunks, but also the value realization mm. effort that you break up mm. into chunks. But Marlisa, I think you've also through the years of doing this have boiled down to the most atomic parts of the, the pieces that needs to fit in with the project that you are able to advise clients and with our partners on. And some, some clients are saying to us, I can't do that, that big part that, that I would like to do. But you've also boiled down the method into, into, very, into components, nucleuses that will pull everything else together. Yes, my philosophy is even small amounts of change management is better than no change management. So we've basically boiled it down to the, what we think is the most critical elements that you should do in each project. Whatever you do on top of that is a bonus, yes. but to make sure that we do the, the, the bare basics of it, it's also scalable. Mm. So, you, and I mean, that goes down to the agile approach again, is making sure that you are agile and quick to release value and therefore quick to release your, your change efforts. At least we have not spoken much about skill people's skills and how uh, people's uh, capabilities need to change as digital transformation starts kicking in, the ability to handle data, uh, the org structures. Uh, and then nobody's talking a lot about the things that clients uh, would not, will not have anymore. And that creates internal fear uh, for them. There's some elements to be handled over there. Let's first talk about, about skills and the future of work and what is involved with that? I think one of our clients is again a very good example is where people start to think but now what I've been doing in the past is not what I'm going to do in future so will my because now let's take a specific example because I can do uh, a mind plan in days and not weeks so am I going to be redundant in yes. a few years and people will not use me anymore so that fear or fear of loss actually not fear of change but fear of loss becomes a problem is where I think very successfully one of our clients changed the minds of the people to say but you're actually just going to do the job that you were supposed to do in any case instead of doing data and spreadsheets and, and um, hand plans by hand you will be able to manage um, your area and not just struggle to get numbers there that you don't ever get to manage because you took so much time to, to get the numbers on the table. If you do mind plans quicker, you can have more multiple scenarios that you can use your skills that you were in any case had to evaluate those um, scenarios and not just spend all your time having one scenario and that's basically it because you don't have time to do more scenarios. So it is definitely, and I mean, even in, in, in data, we see it in our clients is that um, there's a generation that, that is coming in that understands data and that wants to work with data and that educates the rest of the organization and as they come in so it is definitely a transfer of skills as well might not but be itself have, over the yes. last two years have purposefully went and employed people out of university 
geologists and mining engineers, etc., and they are doing extremely well. They are not tainted by how it has been done in the past. Yeah, and I think, but but that is true in, in all industries and in life, actually. So, I mean, it's it's growth, so we must embrace it. And um, So and, maybe and a strategy should embrace, embrace a little bit of young people into into the projects, etc., to teach us about how to handle data and and to, to, to live in the, you know, in the now world. And that's again where um, adoption management becomes a hard strategy. So that becomes part of your HR strategy. If you want to um, digital transformation, if you want to include skills of digital transformation, it becomes a part of an HR strategy yeah. specifically for you to do that. I think you mentioned the fears there. The one comment that I heard from, from a, a visionary leader um, that we worked with and he realized that his people has this fear of what happens if the work that I did in six weeks before to 12 weeks now is done in half a day? He said to them, I don't want less engineers. I want more engineering. Exactly. And I think that that's a that's a very good comment. Yeah, I, I, there's a whole school of thought that says people don't resist change. We go back to change, but they resist the loss that the change represents. Yes. So even the fact that you were the holder of this magical spreadsheet that yes. um, calculated all numbers and now yes. people are... There's other people that can also do that. There's a machine that does that now. That does that. So it's it's managing those fears also as part of adoption management. Marlisa, I started my career in the mining industry and consulting. And I remember after I delivered a system for planning in uh, in the free state uh, to the incre- an increment. And the one old mine captain, the planning mine captain, took the, it was still a stiffy. And he <laughs> took it out of the computer and he threw it against the wall. And it broke into three pieces. And he said to me, I will not work for a computer. <laughs> so so I think that there's still silently some of that that we have to work with. Unfortunately, a lot of that also lies with leadership mm. um, because of the, the progression of, of um, um, where, where, where the leadership or the profile of the leadership. So it's, uh, it's unfortunately... Um, People think the, the way that they did it for 20 years is the way that we're going to do it for the next 20 years. But I think the, the whole mining industry is in this era of understanding that we have to change certain things. And, and I think this is part of it. But at least the other thing that creates fear and it's very difficult for people to articulate because more senior people is that mm-hmm. the silo that I was in charge of that uh, did all the planning or did all the this or the that. Um, the whole structure was feeding up to me and once every three months I would release my latest information and everybody would bow to me and mm. use that information. Whereas the age we'd be going towards is where we constantly need to have our housing order in yes. terms of the data and the things that we're doing, which puts lots, firstly much more pressure on you. But secondly, also, also if I have perceived my uh, silo to be the reason why I'm employed and the fact that I've got access to information, now that's taken away from me because everybody will constantly see my information. How do we handle that? One of the users said that it's like when you when you clean up your kitchen, you just do it halfway because you just make sure everything is fine. But when you get visitors, you have to clean up your kitchen and wash the floor and everything. Um, and now you get visitors all all the time. So you have to make sure that your data is always clean and, and, and anyone can look at it at any time. I know it sounds repetitive, but it comes back to again to, to the vision. Why are you doing this? Mm. Because the, the fact is, if you keep doing the same things that you've done in the past, mines are not surviving. Mines are becoming, um, with the commodity prices, we need to optimize our mines. So we can't work in the way that we have worked in the past, and otherwise you will in any case lose your job. So better you do it more efficiently, more effectively through this manner to get the value that you have in your vision and, and in your future. 
And that will secure your job, not mm. the fact that you have a silo to secure mm. your job. It's keeping the mind optimally and efficient and effective. Okay, we must steer to the end. So, so quick uh, ideas about e-learning, because there's a place for it, or blended learning? I think, again, it, it drives digital transformation. If you want to have a digital business... You digital need, learning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, digital learning. If you want to have a digital business and think that um, people in your organization should drive digital transformation, better you embrace digital tools like e-learning. So um, I don't think all learning can take place on digital learning, but it is a great platform for introduction and even for, for more advanced courses. And it's a, it's a good way to spread information quickly throughout your organization and make sure that people can continuously and, learn. And what is Minop doing this, in this uh, arena? Oh, yes. So we, I mean, we also obviously embrace that. The, the fact that most of our courses are on either full e-learning or digital learning or a blended approach to that where it's facilitated digital learning. Because we believe that if you have it on that platform, you constantly get people to learn um, on the, at their own pace. And even after, after they've done the training, they can continue to, to look at it as a, as a how-to guide. Melissa, I think we must follow up with another podcast. Obviously, one can't talk about adoption management without talking about value management. You've mentioned the efficiency, effectiveness, transformation several times. The, I think we need to talk about that. I think we also need to, uh, to talk further about the theory around adoption management, how to change it. There's quite a few nice books coming up and some thinking. But uh, so the, what we normally do with all the people that visit us for podcasts is to ask them what they read currently, but we'll stand that over to next time. So uh, prepare yourself around that. So by that, we sign off uh, for this podcast. A short story, adoption management, organizational change management, when you implement the platform is extremely important. Do not think that this will happen by itself. Do not think because we are mining, you can tell people afterwards what they must do doesn't work. And uh, we need to talk more, much more about this. Last thoughts. Drive change from where it should be driven, and that is from the organization itself. And make sure that you, that you take the people that work for you with you. Thank you.